Hi, Young TG Tabs, episode 3. I'm going to hop right into this. We are on our way to F&M right now, um, and we were dis- I, I was discussing my four-color control deck that I've been messing around with. In the last podcast, I was uh, kind of hating on Sphinx of Dwar Isle a little bit, and the first thing I said to Joe was how I'm thinking about cutting my Baneslayer Angels for Sphinx of Dwar Isle <laughs> in, my, uh, in my control deck. And um, because... Well, I realized, because I made some changes to the deck, and I realized that now the only creatures are a single copy of Sphinx of Dwar Isle, because I, you know, I just only have one right now, and two Baneslayer Angels, which kind of sets my Baneslayer Angels up for every single uh, removal spell in standard currently, um, which isn't too much fun. Uh, there's no, like, tribal sorcery dragon uh, that I could get around, but... Um, <laughs> So, doesn't die to Lightning Bolt. Um, but Sphinx of Dwar Isle seems like a better choice, just because, you know, I don't want my win condition, or one of my win conditions, to just be killed with removal. It seems like a waste of energy, and right. a waste of, I guess, $100 in the two Baneslayer Angels case. Yeah. Um, so, I, I was talking about the benefits of running out the Baneslayer, getting it removed, and then using Cruel Ultimatum to get the Baneslayer back. And what did you say, Joe? I was trying to say, like, uh, it, it seems like such a, a win-more situation, as they say. Like, your plan is to, what, play Baneslayer, let it get removed, and then resolve a Cruel Ultimatum to get your Baneslayer back? And I use the analogy, uh, it's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. Um, <laughs> and that's when Joe said, why aren't we recording this? Yeah, um, because it was just really funny. Um, but my, I mean, I know <laughs> I, I was trying to be funny, but I, I also... I, you know, your plan to get your Baneslayer back involves the biggest spell in Standard, <laughs> um, which, you know, if you're resolving that, you could, you know, you don't necessarily really need to be getting back Baneslayer Angel. There's decks out there actually running Cruel Ultimatum with very few or, or no creatures um, to even return from the graveyard. Yeah, I've, I've, well, I've found, because I've finally, after all these years, or I guess all this year, have been able to resolve a cruel ultimatum of my own after having maybe a hundred of them resolved against me in that year uh, previous. So I finally built a deck that can play cruel ultimatum and I got to run one out there, which is a great feeling, let me tell you. And the thing about about cruel ultimatum is it doesn't matter if you have... I wanted to go into a voice like the rock it doesn't matter if you've got a creature in your graveyard <laughs> like once you resolve that cruel ultimatum the game's pretty much over the person can keep playing around and trying to find a way around it or maybe they have something slick up their sleeve like their own cruel ultimatum um for for instance uh, you know which which can swing it back of course but for the most part it doesn't matter what you get out of your graveyard because that five damage and you gaining that five life and, and you drawing three cards. drawing three cards i always almost forget to draw three cards when i play <laughs> cruel ultimate i'm like oh my god i get three cards too i just made them discard three and lose five life and i gained five life and they sacrificed a creature it's really like cruel ultimatum is like a to-do list it's really easy <laughs> to forget something like you gotta like go down the checklist all right did you do that did you do that all right did i do this did i do this okay you know uh so it's it's pretty pretty ridiculous card as we we've all already come to to know so that was an interesting little topic uh, as far as like 
Baneslayer versus uh, Sphinx of Dwar Isle. Um, I, I, I'm starting to see how it does. It's it lives. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just tough to remove. That's Sphinx of Dwar Dwar Isle lives. And uh, there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, blog entries from different people uh, regarding the Sphinx just in the last few days. Um, I actually kind of collected a few of them into a post on my blog. Proving proving your your blog post that came before all of them, I believe. Well, yeah. I, I, uh, you have been, you've been harping on the Sphinx for a while. Yeah, I like it. I like the Sphinx. Yeah, I um, still think that Sharding Sphinx is still the best Sphinx name in standard right now. <laughs> uh, I think that somebody needs to make a, a Sharding Sphinx stack and call it Who Sharded. Um, but the time will tell if that ever comes to be. Um... Also, uh, I was going to say, what uh, what are you playing with tonight? You're just going to play with your four color control, pretty much. I'm going to test out the four color control a little more. I've made some tweaks to it. I've altered it a little. So yeah, and I cut the white from my red, white, and blue deck. Um, okay. I, 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 I I'm trying that. The uh, the red, white, and blue control deck. I'm going to try it. Uh, it's just red and blue. Um, I I've read an article by Kyle Sanchez. Um, he kind of made a decent point for for cutting white, although he still admits that things like Bloodgast are a problem for the deck because you no longer have Path to Exile or Celestial Purge. So, right. But the mana base is a lot, um, a lot more consistent, and you're not killing yourself with with Painland, with, uh, I'm sorry, not Painlands, Fetchlands, um, just to get your mana base steady. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give that a shot. And um, I also plan to um, to kind of play test a little of the, the Mike Flores Junk Mana Ramp deck tonight. Um, I have I have to sleeve that one up. Great! Well, I can't wait to play against it. So I've, I've been reading about that deck a bit, and it seems really great, um, or at least at least interesting, you know. So that'll be fun. It's probably the most expensive deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, for sure. Every card in it costs more than ten dollars. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, I have most of them. Um, right, so right. That's kind of cool. So you didn't have to like quickly throw together a set of bane slayers or right. sell like your child or sperm. So I don't have any left to sell. Uh, children. children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> now there's uh, some. Some big-ish news this week, a couple days ago. Oh, they, big to us. Yeah, it's huge to us. We're totally pumped. Yeah, the 2010 Grand Prix schedule is announced for those of you who are into that sort of thing. Um, the uh, the big news for us is there's a Grand Prix Baltimore. Grand uh, Prix know. B-more. We're Grand going to teach Baltimore. all these magic fools that there is no tea in Baltimore. <laughs> so uh, so we're pretty, pretty excited. Um, the last big event that was around here was Nationals a few years ago, um, which I was shocked that they even had Nationals here. But to have a Grand Prix, which yeah, I think in most cases, I mean, it's pretty, pretty big event. It's no pro tour, but I'm so excited just to have the magic world focused around our city just for a couple of days. It's pretty cool. Definitely. I'm excited about the fact that, yes, it is no pro tour, but... It's not like we're getting invited to the Pro Tour anyway, so it's nice that we get to play right. in an event that's like that's in our neighborhood. I yeah. think that's going to be a lot of fun. The uh, the foil GTA looks really interesting. Right, you get that for participating in any of the Grand Prix next year. 
Yeah, it's the uh, foil alternate art. Mazawa's Jite. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, I really wish that when I got my regular Jite signed by Chris Muller, that I would have had him modify it to look like a, let's just say, pleasure stick. Um, but I didn't think about it. It's got the perfect little piece that comes up. But anyway, I'm going a little too far into detail about that. Um, so, Grand Prix Baltimore is going to be a riot. And I think that, well, obviously, we will be covering Grand Prix Baltimore in great detail uh, on this podcast. And, and um, reporting our own progress in the Grand Prix, which, you know, hopefully won't be too embarrassing. And maybe interview some people and... All those kind of fun things that you get to do when you're press. Um, I like to start. I'm starting to think of us as press now. Right. Which two is, episodes and we're press. Now. Two episodes <laughs> in, but we're official, man. Yeah. We're, we're we're damn official. Kind of motivates me to want to take some trips to some of the other Grand Prix that are going to be taking place. Right. Um, there's one September 11th and 12th in Portland, Oregon. That one is going to be. I think it will be M11. Uh, uh, I think the M11 uh, Limited, yeah. and um, there's one in November, I think November 12th and 13th in Memphis, and that one will be Lights Limited, whatever the uh, next big set is. There's one in uh, in Columbus also, that's a legacy one, but yes. I'm not sure when it is. Columbus, Ohio is shortly before Baltimore, I want to say, maybe I'm totally wrong on that. But I think it might be in April or, or March or April, and it's a it's a legacy event, and and I and I really want to play in the legacy event. I don't know why. You mentioned the uh, the next big set. Um, you forget that the third set in the Zendikar block is technically a standalone big set. Yes. And it was confirmed this morning. Well, it leaked this morning that the confirmation of it being called Rise of the Eldrazi. Is it? There's okay, a logo great. for it. There's a, lo- there's a logo oh. leaked and a um, some sort of, I guess, probably promotional art with Soren Markov and Nissa Ravain uh, and some Eldrazi in the image. Oh, um, wow. It's pretty cool. Um, pretty cool looking. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I had heard the rumors, but that's great that that's been confirmed. So, um, unofficially confirmed, yeah, of exactly. course. Um, but... Damn, Rise of the Eldrazi. Well, that's what we have to look forward to, and uh, I guess that's spring, isn't it? Yeah, uh, spring. I don't. I don't know why they were so hush hush about the name. Because I mean, yeah, it kind of refers. Uh, it kind of tells you something that's going to happen, maybe in the storyline. But I mean, it really doesn't give away very much. I know that was that was what they said. The reason was that they didn't want to give away something in the storyline that was going to happen, and it's like. So, you mean last year with Shards of Alara, when we found out the third set was called Alara Reborn, that we didn't have some idea of what was going to happen in the storyline? Like, that didn't seem to bother them last year. Um, Right. But apparently, you know, this year it has some... Maybe it has a deeper meaning than we all realize. Or maybe I'm just not seeing something obvious, but as far as I'm concerned... uh, Well, I mean, Eldrazi Monument, um, you know, hinted at it. I think it's it's neat um, that they've been, like, dropping hints in sets. I guess that's kind of the reason, possibly, is that, you know, the hints are not as fun now. Yeah. Because, you know, we know the Eldrazi monument is from the Eldrazi that will be prominently featured in the third set in this block, which we now know. Exactly. Um, But, you know, I'm sure that there would be something else Eldrazi in the next set to kind of tease us a little more. But who knows? 
who knows what their real reasoning was for being hush hush about it. Right. It's not hush hush anymore. Nope. So uh, we're nearing Taos, and we might stop recording for now. But yeah. uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about briefly um, before we get in there? Um. All right. Well then. Uh, stopping the podcast. Hit the button. She liked to hang out in the graveyard She did brass rubbing She learned she never had to press hard When she was really shining out She was all alone She decided that she better check it at home There was an apple around Between her mom and dad She said she hadn't done this She hadn't done that If she wanted to remain inside the family home She'd have to tell the lie She'd have to give it a go It didn't suit Suki But she took her things and left